Hello, I'm Ashley. And I'm Gary. And welcome to episode 14 of Choose Film, a real retrospective podcast. And we are still in our feel-good themes, watching all these uplifting films. It has been amazing. So today we are joined by the lovely Isela Hamilton, who has decided we are taking a deep dive into the film Sister Act. So thank you so much for joining us, Isela. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'm Isela Hamilton. I'm an actress, um, born and raised in Glasgow. I mainly do films, short films, theatre sometimes. Um, yeah, you might know me from the play Immaculate at the Fort Theatre or The Last Bus, which will be coming out really soon. Nice. And can you tell our listeners why you chose this film when we um, put the feel-good theme to you? Yes, yeah, so kind of coming up to Christmas, I feel like I always want to watch um, sort of really upbeat films, kind of get me in a Christmassy mood, but usually I don't actually go for a Christmassy film. Um, so I watched Sister Act really recently and I thought, oh my gosh, I think that's a really perfect feel-good film. It just gets you so um, like upbeat and in the mood for um, the kind of seasonal period. Definitely. I was buzzing after watching it. I just wanted to dance. I love it. <laughs> um, so we're all going to go around and we're going to rate this film out of 10. Gary, what was your rating? Uh, so this is the first time I've seen this film. And so it was an absolute pleasure to finally have a reason to uh, to stick it on. I've heard lots of good things about it. And I totally agree with what you're saying. I put out a message last week saying I was watching Sister Act and someone got back to me saying that it's not a Christmas film, but it's a film they always watch at Christmas as well. So I totally agree with that. I would rate it 7.7 out of 10. I know I'm really pernickety, but yeah, 7.7. Isela, what's your rating for this film? I would honestly give it a 9.5. Yeah, I think it kind of hit its goal as to what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've actually given it a little bit of a lower rating, although it makes me feel really good and I do love it. I've given it a 7.5 out of 10. There's lots of things I do love, but there's like things that uh, I just needed more of. (laughs) Um, So for our listeners who maybe haven't seen this film, definitely go and watch it. But here's a little synopsis for you. So when lively lounge singer Dolores Van Carty sees her mobster boyfriend Vince LaRocca commit murder, she's relocated for her protection. So set up in the guise of a nun in a California convent, Dolores proceeds to upend the quiet lives of the resident sisters. In an effort to keep her out of trouble, they assign Dolores to the convent's choir, an ensemble that she soon turns into a vibrant and soulful act that gains widespread attention. I think it's safe to say that before she took over, they were not vibrant or soulful in any way. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just get started. There are three vows every nun must accept. The vow of poverty, Mm -hmm. the vow of obedience, Mm -hmm. and the vow of chastity. I am out of here. Hey sister, are you expecting any more of your friends? This turns into a nun's bar. I'm out of There's got to be something around here that I can do that's not going to chip my nails or annoy anybody. You will join the choir. The choir? We're terrible. This is going to be hell. Tell me about it. We can rock this place. I love him. I love him. I love him. Don't you forget the words. 
You're gonna go straight to hell. We could cut a demo. You're a pioneer. She ain't no nun. You have corrupted the entire choir. We're thinking more like Vegas. You know, get some butts in the seats. I'd rather sing than do anything. It's better than ice cream. It's better than springtime. Better than sex. No, I've heard. Sister Act. We're all going to go around saying our positive points. And Gary, I'm going to come to you first. What's your first positive point of the film? So I love films that do this fish out of water type main character. So, or like the new man comes to town. And with Whippy Goldberg, that's exactly what this is. She's put into witness protection and she has no clue how to act in these situations that she's put in. So she has to try and find a way to work and behave in this new world to her, basically, and abide by their rules. So things like silence as you eat, uh, she basically has to live in a cell, and her facial expressions when she finds that out are classic. Um, there's no phones either. And I love uh, when one of the sisters says, who are you going to call Satan or something like that? <laughs> or she says that to one of them, it's really good. Uh one of the ones is like having to go to bed at a certain time, like bedtime at nine o'clock. But then she starts to, as the film goes on, she starts to love this new environment that she's put in and she starts to get to know the other sisters and starts to befriend them. But it's just in time as her um, court date arrives. And I actually thought she was going to have to make this decision whether to like decide to skip her court date to do this big... Um, gig for a better word for the Pope at the end but then it turns out she gets um, kidnapped but as she finds her way in this new world what I really liked was the other nuns they also learn what it's like to really live you know and to have fun um, they learn to sing when they go to the pub and like all about sneaking out and stealing ice cream so they become quite different and as she learns from them they learn from her so it's like these two worlds clashing and bringing something wonderful with it yeah. Yeah, definitely. I had the same the same point as you actually. I put as one of mine just Dolores as a character. She's just really likable and relatable in her own way because I think we would all kind of feel exactly like her if we've gone from this world of kind of glamour in its own way to go into this cold shut off reserved nunnery and she sort of makes the most of that. Yeah, she's so sassy as well, isn't she? Like <laughs> yeah. when like that she brings that with her which is great definitely and she definitely finds like her connection to the outside world with that singing you know she's forced to to go into the choir and I think at first her first impression is a bit like do I honestly have to sing with this mob but actually that's her connection that was her old life coming together with her new life and then from that point she doesn't really there's not really the conflict of being in the convent. That's not something that bothers her anymore. She's like so focused on the singing and getting this group together that actually this new life starts to become more uplifting for her as well. Yeah. Um. So my second point is actually uh, first point. Sorry, is actually kind of linked as well, and it's the casting of Whoopi Goldberg. I don't think you could have got a better person for the part. <laughs> yeah. Um. You can, it's it's rare I mean it's not rare I've got loads of friends who are incredible actors and incredible singers but for big screen TV things it's quite rare to have the actor 
actually being the incredible singer as well. Um, I just learned, like literally just before we recorded this podcast, that Sister Mary Robert, her singing voice is not her actual voice. And it kind of like broke my heart a little bit because I wanted that to come from that like tiny woman. Um, but yeah, it's it's so hard to get an actor who's that incredible at acting and also equally as incredible at singing. And she just carries this piece so well and with such ease. Um, and I love how she she completely balances like the strength of this character with like a little bit of nerves and uncertainty with the different situations. You know, when she's going to hand um, Vince back that mink coat and she's all up like, he's getting this coat back. I'm going to move to Chicago. I'm going to move to New York. Like, don't care. And then she gets to the door and she's like, I can't move to New York. No, 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 I can't, I can't. And you see that nerves like, uh, what's going to happen here? And then she obviously goes in and witnesses the murder. But she also has this like childlike quality to her as well, you know, when she's told that she's not allowed to eat and then she's trying to like grab her plate back off the sister that's taken it and like slapping her on the wrist and then she obviously tries to um like steal well, I don't know if she actually does it, like steal the tomato in the garden when she's been forced to fast and everything, and then she she comes up with these stories of her like fake progressive convent and stuff, and there's just a lot of there's a lot of dream into her character and the childlike qualities because she's literally had everything stripped of her and she's trying to find fun in this convent and some normality that's just not there for her. It's just a total change. Um, so yeah, I just, she stands up for herself. She's bold, she's strong, she's nervous, she's childlike. She is everything. She's such a well-rounded character and Whoopi Goldberg is just perfect. I just, I can't fault her. <laughs> Sorry, I was just actually going to say, like, I don't know if I've actually seen Whoopi Goldberg in anything else. It's an it's an actor that, and oh I, I know it's an actor that I know of, but I actually can't think off the top of my head if I've seen her in anything else. <laughs> you must have seen she Ghost. It's incredible. Surely. I I've not seen Ghost oh either. Oh my though. gosh. Nope. <laughs> so. Someone please bring that on the podcast, or Gary, go watch it. I mean, it's so good. I know she's, I mean, she must, like, inspire a lot of actors and stuff like that as well, because I know she's been acting since she was, like, eight eight years old. So, what I mean, you two are both actors, I guess. What do you think of her performance? And I think she's phenomenal. I Like, she's, in parts, she's so subtle and held back in her performance. And then, out of nowhere, she just bursts out and she just brings everything alive. Like, I, I think she could carry, like, a literal one-woman film. Yeah. And she'd she'd nail it. She'd absolutely nail it. Yeah, I think she's so strong and demanding as an actor that even if she's not the main focus, you can't help but just watch her perform. She's that's, so fascinating. Yeah, that's so true. Because to be honest, one of the things that brought this film a little bit lower for me was Sister Mary Patrick the one who's quite like over the top and she sings those like really weird high notes all the time. Like she was a little bit annoying for me and a character like that can take over sometimes. But Whoopi Goldberg like did not let that happen. Not that it was like shutting her down in any way, but it's just you can't help but be drawn to her. Yeah, completely. Yeah, I feel like for me watching it, I feel like Whoopi kind of held her own because she holds such a strong balance of she knows when to really push it and when to reel it back in, mm-hmm. which is such yeah. like a good skill to have. Completely, completely. 
Um, so we've already touched on your first point, Isela. Um, anything else to add on to Dolores's character? Such a good one. Yeah, just it's just a really interesting watch because she is so relatable, even though it's completely separate circumstances, which is kind yeah. of what made it like such a good film and maybe want to talk about it so much is because it's completely wild and totally unrealistic but you still watch it and can completely relate and empathize with her and feel Definitely. With her. and I feel like it was really smart what you said about that childlike innocence that she has because she she really does it's like she's almost in a boarding school of of types even though she's a grown woman and yeah it's really fascinating completely and she's gone from this like huge sort of I mean she's not enjoying singing in Vegas but in Vegas you know but it's like in the, in the casino it is like bold lively like bright colors everywhere the best costumes and then stripped back to nothing and I think yeah everyone going from a sort of regular sort of free life to that convent would feel like her <laughs> yeah yeah for sure, because she was thrown in with all these really different sort of personalities that were just completely different to her, but she's managed to sort of bring them around just with her kind of good spirit and how different she is. I think it's really nice. Yeah, she definitely stays true to herself. I also think it's interesting that she fears the nuns and that way of life more than her ex-boyfriend, who's like a gangster. She would rather go back on the streets and maybe get shot and killed than face these nuns at the start in that way of life. And then obviously she over she overcomes that. Well, she overcomes both situations, I guess. Definitely. So, Gary, what's your second point on this film? Okay, just quickly, I have quickly scrolled on IMDb there and I'm pretty sure that I've not seen any other Whippy Goldberg film other than she's done some animated vo- uh, animation voices like The Lion King mm-hmm. so I've seen a few like that but live action, yeah, I've not seen any so I apologise in advance <laughs> to everyone listening <laughs> um, so I guess my second point is Sister Mary Patrick I absolutely <laughs> loved her like she actually reminded me of a wee bit of Rebel Wilson which is yeah. quite funny yeah. as well, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I just loved, from her first time on screen, she was so bubbly and full of wonder. And as she like got to know uh, Dolores and the world outside of the church, it was like a child seeing the world for the first time. Everything amazed her and she was so engrossed. And when she gets to sing properly and properly gets to go for it, her eyes look like they're going to burst with joy. She's just so amazed that she's getting to uh, to do this. And her dancing, I thought was hilarious as well. When she was like trying to learn how to like do some like street dancing outside with street kids, I thought that was hilarious. That's during when they're like cleaning up the neighbourhood and things like that. And I just loved there was a scene at the. Uh, quite near the end where she she says I thank God for sending you, talking about Whippy Goldberg's character and there was just a moment of awe in that but yeah, Sister Mary Patrick and all the wee old dears that were playing the different nuns 
they looked like they were just having a ball of a time. Like, every one of them looked like they were just having the time of their life getting up on stage and dancing. And I don't know if that was them all as tremendous actors or if them as characters were enjoying it. I think it was like maybe a, a mix of both, you know? They were just loving making this film. Definitely. Yeah. I think you're you're so right. She is like the rebel Wilson. If they if they remade it now, which I read they are actually remaking Sister Act. Who knows well, what'll happen. I actually thought they were doing a, a new like uh, Sister Act three, like not they a They are. Yeah, yeah they're, they're doing Sister Act three that's going on Disney Plus, but they're I think they're also remaking Sister Act. Is what <sighs> I read. But I read that I read that on Wikipedia, so don't quote me on it. <laughs> um, but I think now that character probably would be played by Rebel Wilson, the like ideal casting of it. Um, and I just, I don't know, some of the things that she did, I was like, okay, that's funny. But then those like weird high notes and stuff, and she was just a little bit too in your face for me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I, I thought she was, I was almost waiting for her to get back on screen. You know, I was like, I, I want her to, I want to see it. She was almost, I guess, even though it's not a slapstick film, she could have been like the slapstick act. If there was scenes of them getting into situations, she would probably be the one that ends up in a worse situation, you know, like, and things like that. I really liked her as a character. I felt like she was, yeah, so childlike and innocent and so excitable that it was such a nice contrast from a lot of the nuns that were quite sort of stale and cold that it was nice to see those sort of different personalities coming out in them to kind of give it more of a dimension rather than just having Dolores and then a bunch of really angry sour nuns yeah that is true yeah what's the the other nun called that we just spoke about that's not it's not her real singing voice oh uh, sister Mary Robert yeah I think the sister Mary Roberts and sister Mary Patrick they, although they were part of this group, they seemed lost until Dolores came into that group and then they almost found their own feet. They almost needed to know what the outside world was like, I feel, to appreciate what they've got in there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I also wonder, like, Sister Mary Robert, I don't know if this is just, like, something I've completely missed, if she's, like, something different in the convent, but she wears, she doesn't wear the full, like, habit. She has a kind of pinafore thing on does she not yeah. I'm sure she's got like a, some sort of pinafore so I don't know if she has like a, another role or something in the convent but I wanted to know more of her story mostly because that big voice was in there and like I wanted to hear more of that as well um but yeah they did they did balance each other out and I liked when um I liked how sorry sister Mary Patrick is like she's all there for her religion and she's excited about it and she's excited about living in a convent and doing all the things that she does with the nuns and that was a nice contrast to all the other nuns who were kind of fed up with their convent that you know wasn't really doing much it wasn't really helping the community and you know they needed the money when Dolores came so yeah she was the one that liked it. I also wondered about the costume and how uh, the sister Mary Roberts was a bit different and I wondered was she like I don't even know if this is a thing so I could have totally got all this wrong here but I wondered was she like a trainee nun? Was she in training? Was she like a young Padawan to like the Jedi's type scenario, you know, where she's not quite made it to nun stature yet? 
Maybe, yeah, because she did kind of seem like the youngest of them all. Um, so, yeah, okay, you loved Mary Patrick. She was not my favourite, but it's all opinions. Uh, so, my second point is the music in this film. It is one of the best parts about the film and something that I actually wanted more of. I don't know where you would fit it in, but maybe if the film was like 15 minutes longer, could have had a couple more big choir numbers in there. Um, But I loved how, you know, there's some funny songs um, when they're cleaning the convent and they play Rescue Me. I thought that was quite clever. Um, And also the lounge band the Ronells, the nice little tribute act um they have I will follow him in their medley and then obviously we hear that again in the finale um I just think the first time you hear the choir singing with Dolores and they start with the sort of traditional um I think it's Hail Holy Queen they start with the sort of traditional choir style and then break into this soulful gospel sort of rock and roll style it is just that moment for me when they break into that. I'm like, yes, now we're talking. Now we're in it. This is exactly what I want. And I love that. I love also that they they chose to change my guy to my God. I thought that was so good mm-hmm. and so cheesy, but it just works. Um, the music really uplifts this film completely. And as I've said, I loved Sister Mary Roberts' voice, which I know is not her, her actual voice now. But just that huge soulful voice coming from such a small woman was amazing. And I wanted to hear I wanted to hear her practicing, like I wanted to hear her finding that voice a little bit more. Obviously, when they first go into the choir, um, and Dolores kind of gets that belting voice out of her, we do see it a little bit, but I just wanted to see more of her discovering that she had this voice. Um, but yeah, love the music in the piece. I would just say on the music as well, obviously, as I said, this is the first time I've seen this film, but I knew it was a film that uh, leaned heavily on music and I knew it was all about the music and things like that. So I was really surprised that other than the opening song, there's not really any singing in it for like the first 50 minutes, like proper singing. And it's only like just over an hour and a half, I believe. So for a film that does so much with music, I was surprised there was so little in it so it meant that when there was music in it you really felt that coming over yeah you're so right I didn't even think of that and obviously when when the Ronells are singing they're kind of half-hearted singing because they're done with that job and all the guys watching them um so you're so right when it does properly come in we need it Mm -hmm. yeah music was um it was one of my points as well I think it really is what makes the film and I think that was a really interesting point that you touched on um Gary I think that what's really nice about that is that it's almost like she's completely lost her feet and it's really really sort of cold and quiet until eventually she does find them and then it's you know the nuns and all the characters are really sort of elevated and they're happier and you know it's really really it ends on such a nice note but -hmm. I think it's quite nice having that sort of breakthrough of, of silence kind of in it um for me I I grew up Catholic and I remember being a kid and going to church and being like why is ours so boring when sister act is like why are they having all the fun um but I think that's kind of what's really nice about it I think you can kind of watch it kind of in 
just enjoy it as music and yes that's what kind of why I wanted to sort of talk about it kind of on this podcast is because I feel like it's such a nice it's a nice film it just really does make you feel good even though they're kind of she's a character that's really defying the odds and has so much going on and you can still sort of sit and yeah and enjoy it it's so interesting kind of when you think about what the movie's actually about that it is a feel-good film yeah no absolutely it's it's similar to like films like um i don't know if you've seen it but like kindergarten cop with yeah. arnold schwarzenegger as well where he's playing a cop that has to go undercover um in a kindergarten to track a bad guy so there's all these like almost gangster sub scenes and sub storylines but it's the joy of putting Anna Schwarzenegger in a, in a kindergarten trying to look after a bunch of like five-year-olds you know and that's where the, the, the feel good and the humour and the comedy comes from and this has got that same sort of vibe here and just on the music as well I after watching this film went and listened to the soundtrack after it so the music definitely sticks with you and you, you want more of it after you're finished watching it Definitely. And I that is I think that kind of brought it down for me as well because when the music came it was amazing and I just wanted like three or four or more scenes of what they were gonna do with these songs. Um and I just I feel like it really needed that. And it's interesting what you said, Isela, about the the um the silence before this music comes in. Actually maybe that's because, you know, She's been put into this convent. Like, life's not the same. Her music before was boring for her. And actually, it's this awakening for Dolores as well because now music's fun again for her. And she's not even really the one performing, but she's bringing it to these other nuns. So, yeah, I and I kind of understand the silence a little bit more now. Yeah. Or She's just witnessed her boyfriend murder someone. Then she's been put in this place that she hates, she doesn't understand, and lost her friends. So why is she going to want to sing? And it's not until she finds her feet again that she's going to, she's going to start that up. Very true, very true. Uh, so Isela, we will come to you for your next point. What was your next positive point on the film? Um, so for my third point, I actually put what the movie truly represents and for me it's just about the triumph of the the human spirit and how we adapt with sort of difficult situations and it's yeah it's the ability to make make the best out of a bad situation really um that I really personally enjoyed about the film it's about that kind of ability to adapt and watching a character kind of be stripped of everything and watch them regrow and rebuild themselves and I think it was so interesting to see how she started in the middle in the end when she went through all of these things and I think sometimes just watching it we can relate to that when we're sort of put in situations that we don't necessarily want to be in and I think that was what makes the film so nice for me and why I enjoy it so much it's just I I really enjoy just seeing someone truly make the best of of something. Definitely and I think it it would have been so easy for uh, Dolores to just be in that convent, hating her life, wait out until her court date, and then that's it. But you're so right. She, she did make the best of the situation, and she was forced into leading that choir. But actually, that opened up so much for her 
Um, and I feel like she found her love for music again through something that initially she didn't want to do. She didn't want to be in the convent. She didn't want to work with this choir. And then she's actually making the most of this convent. Like she's turned it around. Yeah. Um, so you're so right. It is that a character wanting to do the best for themselves or making the best out of a bad situation. Like she could have just bided her time, but no, she took ownership and she worked for it. And I love that as well. Yeah, it's just really nice. It's such a feel good thing to see people kind of triumph. And yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> Definitely. Gary, what is your last point on the film? So I'm going to go with just the church and religion and how it's represented in this film. So I'm not religious. I guess I grew up as a Christian, but as you get older, you make your own path, la da So I wouldn't say that I really follow any religion in particular, but what I got from this was that, well, first off, what I really liked was that they don't enforce religion on you as an audience viewer. It's religion's in there and it's about uh, a choir group but they don't shove anything down their throats they don't try and go this is the message and believing in god is great it's just that scenario that you're put in and i really like how they were trying to say that the church can be really boring when you go depending on what type of church you go to and what your local church is like but people haven't stopped going to church because they don't believe in god it could be that they just find that Sunday service is quite boring and it's not that they've lost their faith. If, well, basically, if you make church fun, maybe people will attend and maybe you'll get more of a, a community there. And that's basically what we see when she starts to make the singing really powerful and fun and cheery and everyone's having a good time. People off the streets start to like wander in. I think she's got a line in there that says something along the lines of... Um, People like going to casinos, but they don't like going to church. Church is a drag, but we can change that. And that's exactly what happens. And I find it really interesting that as she saves the church by getting a bigger community to go on, the church kind of saves her from the gangsters. So she helps keep that church in those streets in that neighbourhood. She helps make that a better place. But also then at the end, when she's getting attacked by the gangsters, it's the group of nuns that then save her. So both sides of the coin are actually saved by the other. I find it really interesting that in a lot of 80s and I guess early 90s, maybe even late 70s gangster films, um, with these like Italian gangsters and like the Godfather, Scarface and Casino, the, the gangsters believe in religion and they believe in God and they're usually Catholic but they're committing these hateful crimes and you've still got elements of that in this film and I think it's ironic that then she's getting chased by these gangsters who believe in God and are Catholics and then she's put in this church with a group of nuns to be saved. Yeah and it's as well at the end when the gangsters are like oh we can't kill a nun. Like yeah. I'm not killing a nun. Like, not when she's dressed like that. And he's like, it's Dolores! And they're like, but she's a nun now! <laughs> um, and they just, they can't they can't get past that, even though they've known her, um, and they know exactly who she is. Um, that religion is still very prominent for them. Yeah, I love that scene as well, where the two of them go to shoot Dolores at the same time, but hoping the other one will do it so they don't have to. And then none, none of them shoot her. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a, a really good point that you touched on, Gary, is that even though it is 
a very religious film. At no point did anyone actually say to Dolores, you have to become Catholic now. You have to become religious now. They just took her in and accepted her for, for who she was. And they really don't yeah. push it down their throat. They don't really enforce it or tell her what she must or, or mustn't do, which is really sort of refreshing, I think. Yeah, for us, I guess, as an audience as well, because then we don't feel like we need to be enforced with it, is because we are rooting for that main character and we we want to relate to her. So if it was enforced on her, then we would feel that pressure as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, as well how you're saying, you know, making the church fun and more people are coming, it's the kind of beauty of telling exactly the same message or singing exactly the same songs in a different way and being adaptable and actually maybe it's not the content maybe it's just the way you're delivering things and if you try something new then new opportunities are going to come to you because this uh this convent is described as like a a failing convent and they need the money so they take Dolores in as well um because that's going to bring them more things so actually when they try and adapt it's bringing them more than just the money that they're getting for protecting Dolores. It's bringing them so many more opportunities to help their community and bring their community into the the church as well. So adapting mm-hmm. is great. Definitely. And my last point um, is actually the end sequence where um, Mother Superior, change of heart, they go get the helicopter um, and then all the nuns kind of join in when the uh, helicopter pilot is like, no, I can't fly you. Or I think it was because of the money or something. I can't remember. Um, and then they're all praying like, I hope God doesn't give you uh, rheumatoid arthritis or neck polyps or s- stuff like that. They're just kind of being a little bit manipulative, but it's fun. It's really, really uh, funny and in good spirit because they want to save Dolores. Um, and they they finally... Well, Mother Superior finally supports her and I just love how all these nuns are running around a casino and one of them tells them to like try and blend in but like how do nuns blend in in a casino they like stick out like a sore thumb but actually because the gangsters are looking for Dolores having all these nuns running around the casino does distract them and then she does blend in because she's not the only nun in the casino um, and there's a sort of gospel style uplifting back and track to that part where it just kind of told me things are going to work out like I know things are going to work out I know things are looking bad just now and not in Dolores's favor but they're going to work out um yeah I love that um at the end Mother Superior says like I hold you responsible for all of this like putting us in danger all of this all of that and then she says thank you and because really she has created such a huge impact on their church on their convent Uh, she's got the pope to come and visit them like she has done so much yeah she's shaken things up a whole lot but i'm so glad that it came to the end and mother superior loved her so yeah that was my final point yeah i also loved i think it was actually my favorite scene was that helicopter pilot Uh, because they were basically like guilt praying him into taking them and you just felt him like so awkward and he just didn't know what to do and they almost like crammed him up against the side of the helicopter and he was like there was no way he was getting out of that both physically and emotionally it was really really funny and I love the 
when they were going through the casino and they just walk past one of the, the sisters and she's actually playing on one of the machines and she gets caught as well. It's like, guilty. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I think Mother, Mother Superior like finally accepts Dolores as a nun. I'm sure she says that she is a nun. Um, and she finally shows her respect because she really hasn't the whole time. And to be honest, it's not what you would expect from someone running a convent. You wouldn't expect them to kind of be disrespecting someone no matter who they were. Um, but she is she is actually really quite mean to her, I think. Um, so it's nice to see that flip on its head at the end. Yeah, you could actually see as well how... Maggie Smith went on to play Professor McGonagall because it's basically the same type of character, isn't it? It's keeping people in check and having a bit of attitude. <laughs> yeah, no one nails that character like Maggie Smith does. <laughs> yeah, I, I can completely agree with you guys. I think um, definitely one of my favourite scenes was just the casino. I just think it was so funny when um, you saw the gangsters and they're like, oh my gosh, this place is full of nuns. <laughs> And I think it was, yeah, I think it was such a sort of nice touch to have all the nuns go and be a bit bad and, you know, really try and, and save her. And yeah, it's really Definitely. interesting at the end, for sure, when they're like, um, oh, she she is a nun, you know, she, she is one of us. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's so nice. It's them all sort of, even though they've all had their differences, all come together at the end and sort of support her. Definitely. So yeah. good. Has anyone got any other notes or things they didn't like about the film? Um, I It's not anything I didn't like, but I found it weird that this was a Disney film. Just, and it's on, well, I watched it on Disney Plus anyway, and just with the amount of actual violence that uh, <laughs> comes with the film as well, like... You're basically, the film is about someone getting shot at the start, this criminal underworld, and them trying to uh, find, hunt, and kill, basically, this woman dressed as a nun. I mean, there's a lot in there, you know, and um, it was quite surprising, yeah, just that it was Disney for the time that it was made. Um, yeah, I just found that interesting. And I loved also, maybe we should just touch on it a wee bit, Harvey Cattell, and it as the the gangster boyfriend because obviously he's usually in these big gangster films like Reservoir Dogs and Taxi Driver and other ones I can't remember right now. <laughs> but it's funny to see him play like this straight faced gangster in a comedy. It's kind yeah. of like seeing Joe Pesky uh, in Home Alone. You know he's known for playing these big gangster, high profile characters. And then to see them play the same sort of character in these more comedies, comedy films is, is great, yeah. Yeah, I think it just shows how much they they know characters like this and how much they can get behind them and really tap into, I don't know, something inside them that can connect to a character like that. Um, but they can definitely hold their own no matter what's going on around them. Definitely. I don't have any other points or nitpicks. Only only thing for me was like I needed more of the music. I just I wanted something more. It felt like something was missing and I don't know what that is actually. Maybe maybe with more of the music I would have I would have felt more complete, but I don't know. 
I don't know. There was just something missing for me. I feel like what you might kind of think is, is missing is kind of what you touched on earlier, how there's so many nuns there, but you don't know each of their stories or why they decided to join the convent or when. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's even if there was an extra half hour onto the film, maybe just going into the group, like the choir, even a practice or them all chatting or something, just to get a little bit more backstory on them, a little bit more depth, uh, more of Sister Mary Roberts' voice, (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. Just a little bit more depth, I think, uh, would have bumped it up for me. Yeah, you're both absolutely right now I think about it. To be honest, no character in this really has a backstory including, I guess, Whoopi Goldberg's character, Dolores. Yeah, you would say her backstory is she was a singer in this club and her ex-boyfriend killed someone, but that's not the backstory. That's what started her journey. Her backstory would have been how did she become that singer in that club and have him as a boyfriend? We don't really find that out. We don't find out how he became a gangster. Uh, And then you've got, as you said, all the different nuns in that. It'd be great to know... Uh, Maggie Smith's character, um, Sister Mary Patrick, you know, like, why did... I mean, Sister Mary Patrick looks like she would be a hoot elsewhere. And so it makes you go... Because when she leaves the uh, that night and goes into the bar and there's, like, the jukebox, she is like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is great. So then you think, well, why, why aren't you outside the church why have you just and so we want to know why have they joined that you know I just Definitely. rambled there and I don't even know if any of that came across as making any sense so I apologise <laughs> no it did it did it's just it's just knowing a little bit more about the characters like yeah there was a, a very clear story there and I know at the very start we kind of see Dolores as the the young girl and she's like not caring about school because she's going to be a singer and stuff but yeah maybe a little bit more in between then and her singing and and what's kind of like um like made her not enjoy her singing like you would think this little girl who wants to sing she's singing in a, a casino every night like surely that's a good thing for her but we don't know like where things went wrong yeah, yeah. and why why is um mother superior why is she so cold like why is she so stiff and by the book? Yeah, I feel like that's quite a testament, though, to how good the film is. I feel like when we watch most films, we're kind of spoon-fed a lot of information about the characters that we mm-hmm. ordinarily wouldn't know. It's kind of like when we just meet people, we, we don't know anything sort of about their background or why they are where they are. And I think it's quite interesting because it kind of, at the same time, leaves that kind of aura of mystery about every character and kind of leaves the imagination to think, oh, why is she like this or why is she not doing that? And it kind of leaves a lot to play around with where you go, oh, I want more, like I I want another film to explain it or I want more background. Yeah, maybe we are overthinking it slightly as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, cool. Amazing. Has anyone's... Final rating out of 10 changed. Gary, is yours changed or stayed the same? I'll push up to an 8, actually, because, you know what, it's a feel-good film that I will watch again, and I know I'll enjoy it again, and you can't really ask for much more than that for a film, can you? I mean, films are there as 
a form of entertainment. That's what they're made. That's why they're made. So yeah, let's go eight out of ten. Yeah, and Isela, has yours changed at all? Honestly, I think I'd probably just go to a ten. I think it had a certain objective, and it reached it. It's sort of funny. It's uplifting, and there are characters that I want to know more about and watch more and more. And it's a film that you can just rewatch whenever, which is a real testament to the film. Yeah, and I think I'm going to go from a 7.5 to an 8 out of 10 because you're so right. It does it does what it's set out to do and it's uplifting. The, the songs have been stuck in my head since I watched it, so I think that is a good sign. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a great film. Have any of you seen the second one? Absolutely. And is it as good? It's, from what I remember from the last time I saw it, it's just slightly different. Um it's more about other other characters, sort of like the audience that go along to the choir, as far as I'm aware. It's more about them um, and sort of Dolores finding these little sort of diamonds in the rough. Yeah. I I've not seen it, but um, is Joyful Joyful, is that one of the songs from the second yeah. one? I actually think I put because... the, the soundtrack in the second film. Yeah, because that is a song. I mean, I went to theatre school since I was like 10 or something. I don't know how many times we have sang that song, but it is just the best. Like, I never, ever get bored of it. So, yeah, I want to watch the second one because I want to see what their music's like. Yeah, And is there more music in the second one? Would you say there's probably more? Do you think they learned from the first that the music really sold it? We I wonder? need more. Yeah. I think so. I don't know. I think there is. Yeah. So to back in the habit. Um, I was trying to look it up on. Because I'm just, I'm just thinking as well that like usually a sequel, like producers will say to like the filmmakers, we want the same but more. And if you were to do anything more in Sister Act, it would be more music and more singing and dancing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm just looking on Wikipedia now. Um, but see, they've got ain't no mountain high enough. Mm, that's a yes. Tune. Oh, oh, happy day as well. That's what one that I've sang in theatre school so many times. What does that well. go like, Ashley? What's it? Um, I'll save that for that's <laughs> premium content. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I just definitely want to save save the listeners having to listen to that. Um, but yeah, no, there's twelve twelve songs on the second one soundtrack, so I don't think that's actually any more than the first. But some absolute banging songs in the second one actually there's less songs oh is there yeah there's four 14 in the first one and the first one's a med first uh, song is a medley for us so there hmm. you go that's interesting quality not quantity i believe mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take a short break and we'll be back with our quick fire quiz round our fun facts and our short film recommendations yes mary patrick Reverend Mother, on behalf of all the sisters here at St. Catherine's, I'd like to offer a great big hi there and hello to Sister Mary Clarence. Hi. And as part of the welcome, I thought that maybe our new sister could offer today's blessing. That is very thoughtful of you, Mary Patrick, but I really... Oh, yeah, yeah, I I could do that. Uh, Sure. Uh, Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts which we're about to receive... And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of no food, 
I will fear no hunger. We want you to give us this day our daily bread and to the Republic for which it stands. And by the power invested in me, I pronounce us ready to eat. Amen. Amen. So we're going to jump in with our quick fire quiz round um, where Gary and I are going to ask Isela five questions each on the film and we're going to see what you score out of 10. So Gary, do you want to take it away and go first? Yeah, no problem. So just to let you know, only one person so far has got 10 out of 10. So we'll see. We'll see if MD can match it. Uh, it was Katrina actually, wasn't it? Katrina Allen. Yeah. 10 out of 10. So someone needs to try and uh, get on the leaderboard with her. Okay. So here's question one. Name the character Harvey Keitel plays. Can't. Oh my god. <laughs> the names are all so long and there's so many of them. Okay. Uh, his name was Vince LaRocca. Oh, I wanted to say Vinny, but I don't think that was going to be right. should have. <laughs> should have, shouldn't I? <laughs> my okay. first question is what is Dolores's sisterly name? Sister Mary Clarence. Yes. What famous religious person is due at the church when Dolores is kidnapped? The Pope. Yes. My next question is, where does Sister Mary Clarence sneak off to one night? The bar across the road. Yep. Sister Act was released in 1992, but what year was Sister Act 2 released? 1993. Three. Yes. Um, what time is bedtime or lights out in the convent? Nine o'clock. Yep. Uh, what mob crime does Dolores witness that places her in witness protection? A murder. Yes. Yes. Where do the Ronells perform? A casino in Reno. Oh, do I need to know the name of it? I've got the name, but I'll give you I'll give you half a point. It's called the Moonlight Lounge. <laughs> <laughs> and my last one is who plays Mother Superior? Dave Maggie Smith. Yes. And my last one is who plays piano for the choir? What's her name? Oh no. Um I've got no idea. I just know that she wears a hearing aid. <laughs> She's totally <laughs> deaf. <laughs> I don't even think she knows it. <laughs> Her name is Alma. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. So, well done. You did well there. Really well. 7.5, we'll call it 8. We'll call it 8. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Definitely. <laughs> um, so now we're going to go on to our fun facts of the day. Uh, where we all say a little fun random fact for you guys. So, Gary, what's your fun fact of the day? Okay, I'm keeping it the same as the film. So, there's no standard for what a nun has to wear under their habit. So, some modern nuns even wear t-shirts, trainers, or some nothing at all if it's a hot day. It's up to the sister. Wow. I didn't know that. I thought... I didn't... To be honest, I thought it was kind of like a... I didn't think they would wear anything under it. Yeah, I thought there was like almost layers under what we see, like under the shell, but nope, they can wear what they like. It, now, like, it's going to be weird, isn't it, if you ever see a nun, you'll be like, hmm, I wonder what's under there. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Thank any you. weird way, but just like, you know, are they... Like, have they got a, like, a three-piece suit on or something? <laughs> or like, just because they can get away with it. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. And Isela, what's your fun fact of the day? Um, so I'm half Cuban, so I went with um, a little Cuban fact, and it's that Cuba banned Christmas for 30 years. Oh my god! I wish I could have found out more about this fact. It was kind of one of those ones I was scrolling for because there were so many, but I went with that one just because I was so close to it. And Christmas. When did that happen? Do you know when it was? No idea, but I'm gonna. I could probably text my mum that. I want to know what she knows. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, I couldn't deal with no Christmas. I love it. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. So my fun fact is that. Bees sometimes sting other bees. They don't just sting humans. They sting other bees. If there's like a rogue bee from another hive, they'll sometimes sting them. I thought that was cool. That is, <laughs> is it the bee or the wasp that dies once it stings you? A bee dies. Yeah. Oh, so oh, that's that's a real sacrifice then, isn't it? Yep. Oh. Sacrificing for the hive. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um. So to round off the show, we will. As always, share a great short film that we've watched um, that our viewers, viewers, listeners can also watch. Um, Gary, what's the short film that you're going to recommend this week? Okay, so I was doing a wee bit of research because I want to start doing a bit of filmmaking next year again. So I was watching a load of short films for some inspiration and I came across this horror film called Polaroid. Uh, It's a short film by Joey Green and Paul Houston. It's a horror film, and I don't want to say too much on it. It's a horror film to do with old Polaroid cameras, but if this concept hasn't been made into a feature film yet, I'm sure it will. It's so creepy. So it's called Polaroid, and you can find it on YouTube, but we'll obviously put a link in the show notes. Nice. And Isela, have you got a short film that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? Um, Yeah, so... um, There's so many you can get a pick from, but I think I'll go for um, In the Dark of Day. Um, and my friend Bryony Monroe stars in it. I think it's a really cracking short film. And as far as I'm aware, right now it's available on um, YouTube and Vimeo to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. a really sort of great film again about kind of the human spirit and trying. Bryony is also a really great actor as well i seen on a film called eggshells eggshells yeah that was good yeah and she was really good in that yeah nice we'll have to check them out definitely and the short film that i am going to recommend is called the list it's recommend uh, recommended (laughs) recommended by me uh written by brian halley and directed by michael hines and it is a story of archie who goes on a date with uh someone called vicky um but he has a lot of boxes that he's wanting ticked and i will leave it there it's a really really funny short film and i think it's about 12 13 minutes long but when I was watching it, like I could have had a feature of that. It was so, so good. Definitely check that one out. Um, so thank you so much, Isela, for coming on to the podcast. It's been lovely to chat with you. And thank you as well for choosing such an uplifting, wonderful film in Sister Act. Can you let our listeners know where they can keep in touch with you and keep up to date on your projects? Um, yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. It's been really fun talking about this film I think it's such a good one um so I'm on all social medias at just Isela RJ Hamilton 
um, Instagram and Twitter and things like that. So best keep up to date with me on those. <laughs> yeah, thank you so nice. much. Nice. And do you have any projects coming out in the near future? Um, yeah, so the last film I did was called The Last Bus and I was really lucky I got to act across from one of my biggest like heroes and acting legends. Um, I got to act across from Timothy Spall, which I thought was amazing because he's so good. Um, I'm not 100% sure when that's coming out just because of everything going on right now. Um, but I'll just keep my fingers crossed it comes out sometime soon. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited for it to come out. It has been... It's been a long while since we filmed it. I think it was supposed to come out around about this time of year, actually, but it's been postponed. It's probably better as well, since like a lot of the cinemas and that are closed down and stuff just now. Like The longer it can lie dormant until everyone's ready to get out and watch films again, the better. Yeah. yeah. Exciting stuff, and we'll definitely share it on our social media as well when it comes out to support that sounds so good um so as always i'm ashley sutherland and you can find me at ashley sutherland on instagram and at ashley sutherland no and at ash sutherland for on twitter and i'm gary and you can find me at hute g pro on instagram and on twitter as always subscribe to the podcast leave a review on apple Podcasts if you're loving what you're hearing and get in touch with us let us know what you'd like to see for our next theme if you have any films that you're desperate for us to cover or any hosts that you think would be great shoot us an email at choosefilmpodcast at hotmail.com and you can follow us at film choose on twitter and choose film podcast at hotmail nope 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 and <laughs> choose film podcast on instagram <laughs> We're getting all the links wrong today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so thank you again for listening to this podcast. It's been a joy to record and join us next time where we dive into the Karate Kid. I'm sure you've seen it. Join us then. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.